All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this episode of Warrior Week Parable from the Pit. My guest today is none but Daniel Hetsky. Daniel Hetsky, welcome to Parables from the Pit podcast, bro. Glad to be here. Right. Okay. Drove about an hour and a half to be here? Uh, less than that. About 40 minutes. I got lucky. You got lucky. And beat the traffic? Beat my traffic. Okay. Daniel Hetsky, Warrior Week 27. 29. Fuck. 29. 29. I thought you were 27. 29. Uh, 29 and 32. Oh, okay. 29. All right. So uh, let's roll back. I got the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's roll back. 29. I think we were about 30 guys in that one. What? It was big. Um, 18, I think, finished. We started at about 29, 28, 29 guys uh, in the beginning. Okay. David Powell was there? David Powell was, I think, the Warrior Week after mine. Okay. Okay. Uh, who was in there? Um, David Dahar, Zachary Cooper. Yeah, okay. Um, I recall, recall, yeah. I recall. 29, yes. Uh, we were at the ranch. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> okay, so talk to me, uh, Dan. Um, wh what brought you to Warrior? I mean, was it? Uh, were you also watching some of the videos, or was it a recommendation someone asked you to watch the videos? Like, what was the initial encounter with Warrior? And uh, and what resonated with your heart at that time, man? Uh, at that time, I think it was a Facebook funnel mm -hmm. that hit me. And then I got into some of the videos that um, the, the follow up videos mm -hmm. and I actually saw one with my wife and uh, she was like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was Garrett in Vegas and uh I was just coming back from Vegas, and I'm like, holy shit. Um, we were just talking about that. Uh, and it just kind of was one of those things where um, looking at where I was in, in business, um, just going through some shit with my daughter, going through some, some health issues, um, it just resonated at a time where I was like, I had to fucking pivot and... You know, by all accounts, I'm that guy that Garrett talks about that's hitting that boredom stage. Yeah. Um, business is going really good. Uh, my law firm's doing well. I have a beautiful home on the cliffs in Huntington Beach with a you know nice ocean view. And uh, driving a nice car, you know, don't have a lot of debt, living a great life, and having to have my vacation home in Cabo for fucking five kids. Everything seems good. And I was just starting to go crazy uh, on if, myself. If if you would have, if like, yeah, on one end, would, would you know, you describe everything is everything is everything what you ever wanted, right? You work hard, uh, and everything is ever what you wanted. Like uh, one day, I, this these are the things I want to have, and then you find yourself in that space. And what what was the fear? Because there was an undercurrent fear that was that was driving the desire to even connect to the message, to even like. To even like consider like okay something has to pivot. What what would you say was the fear? Maybe it was unspoken. Maybe you haven't talked to your wife about it. Maybe it was just always inside of you. And and so what was the the fear that you felt? I kind of always have that fear of having nothing hmm. all over again. Um, building what I built, knowing it can just go quickly. I could fuck up, lose my wife get a divorce again and you know i grew up not wealthy mm -hmm. um you know and and a single dad raising me and so 
you know, he worked all the time and that was his deal. And, uh, I just got to that point where I started feeling myself having that same type of mentality of, I just need to go to work, make the money, and then everyone should do whatever I tell them, and then leave me alone to drink when I want to. Mm. And uh, it just got to be kind of a cycle, and I realized that I just I just couldn't do it. I wasn't happy. It just, like, you know, anyone looking at it would have said, fuck, dude, we, you know, you got it all. And to me, I was sitting there going, I may have good and the the fear really of losing all that was paralyzing at times yeah and uh too often uh, almost all the time the guys that that have come here and shared this sat on the same chair than you um felt a very similar fear and pain and and the most common thing was hey man uh, there was just no place to talk about this there was no just place to fuck in brainstorm about this to take the problem put it apart and start looking for pieces of solution right so the only solution was try not to think about it as often as possible ignore it yeah a lot of time and energy was spent trying to to not talk about it um tearing it apart was like ripping a scab every time Mm. so that that was painful but and i didn't want to feel pain um, <laughs> you know, you never, I, I guess you, you grow up thinking, I don't want, you, you never want to hurt. Yeah. Um, and so I spent a lot of my energy focusing on everything else except that. You know, often when we, when we live with a problem, right? What I mean by living with the problem is that we, um, we, we, no one knows about the problem, but us, it's in our head. And there are so many places that we put this problem. We put it on shelf number one, only to grab it, put it on shelf number two. Then we say, okay, I'm going to go in the closet and deal with the problem. Then I'm going to come back, go in a room, deal with it. I'm going to put it in the fucking fridge. Oh, I'm going to fucking put it on the freezer on ice. I won't think about it. it. Moving the problem in our head doesn't make the problem solved or go away. And then along the way, whatever that problem is, along the way comes in someone with the message that says, hey, bro, you know that little problem that you put on shelf number two and three and that recently you put in the fucking freezer? Hey, I know, I know how to solve that problem, right? Let me tell you a story of how I solved that problem. That's what most of guys referring to is it was, was if it, Garrett came in their head and kind of like connected with that. I know it was true for me when I joined in. Uh, how does it feel, man, to, to know... That somewhere out of nowhere, something comes in and punches you in the face and says, fuck, okay, there is a solution. There is a potential solution to solve this problem. And I've just arrived at the point where I know I can no longer manage this problem. I think what I fought with for a little bit um, was not that I didn't believe there was a solution out there. Um I just thought all of it was bullshit and hocus pocus because mm. um, they all offered these get, you know, it's like a diet, yeah. right? I see these diet ads all the time and you're going to lose all this weight if you take this fucking magic pill yeah. or you're going to go to this one hypnotist and in 30 days you're going to, you know, never smoke or drink again. And, you know, I, I was always trying to find a quick fix instead of realizing that, I just wasn't broken, Mm, you mm. know, and I I think that's where listening to Garrett 
and understanding what warrior now is, um, it's really not about a, you know, we're not fixing anything. I'm not fixing me. Um, cause I wasn't fucking broken. Mm. It's more of what is working for me. I learned how to maximize, how to optimize and how to really, um, stretch the boundaries of what I had of my own perceived limits. Yeah. And so warrior made me challenge that, like saying, you know, the, the stuff that did resonate is like, you know, this is good. You know, you have everything, everything looks good, but you know, you go to Vegas to go party too much or you, you, you have the weekend with your buddies and, and you don't have those weekends with your kids. Yes. And, and, and so for me, it was, I knew that whatever I could do business wise works, I could make money. So, if I took the same type of, of mentality of understanding that there is a system and a protocol to be a husband, uh, to be a father, other than what I knew, yeah, um, that was that blueprint, that that switch that said, you know, yeah, you're fucked up, and we're all, we're all a little fucked up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I w- I just wasn't broken, and yeah. it was it was taking all the good. And applying it um, in all the different areas that that I really needed to to where I where I was always told I was broken. I was always told I was going to be a horrible husband, mm. um, or that you know I didn't know how to be a father, be around, or connect. Um, and it was hard. And I'm still fuck you know arguing with my wife yeah. <laughs> daily about not communicating feelings enough because you know there's her level of communication on feelings is at one way high level and I'm nowhere near that fucking thing. Mm. Um, but I've gotten a lot better mm-hmm. in that. And so, you know, it was, it was realizing or that, that, that realization for me came down to that one time where I was listening to the video. She was talking to me about it. The next day I go into my office and it's like fucking, you know, give us your number call. Um, because if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, I, I am going to die. Mm. Um, so it's wasn't like a come to Jesus moment. Like, oh, my God, I'm going to die tomorrow. Mm. But, um, you know, it's fucking possible. <laughs> so yeah. once the probabilities start coming into your head and you realize that um, shit, it, as good as it is, it, it can be better um, or that I could be better um, as a father and those things and, and – Taking that really seriously for the first time in my life, it made it easy for me to make the call and just say, fuck it, I'm going. Um, you know, and at first I'm like, oh, I'm going to put it off. I'm, I'm going to train. I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. And then it was like, you're like, fuck you. You just come down. You're going to, you don't make it. You know, you're either going to make it or you're not. So, um, you know, it, you know, you, that's how it was for most of my life. Mm-hmm. I would, uh, after college and after law school, it was more like, yeah. I need to do X, Y, and Z before I can launch my own ads. Yeah. Or I can. I need to have X amount of money in my account before I can have kids. Right. Um, or I need to make X amount of money to be able to buy that house. Um, and so I always set these weird artificial limits um, before I'd make decisions. And, and it just constantly was like a fucking hamster in a wheel. You know, I would never get to those limits, and then I'd realize, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's that was really where it was. Th- this pattern of of uh, putting conditions before um, 
arriving at something that you truly deserve comes back to this whole aspect of not being worthy. And, and, and you know, we talk about being not, not worthy, and it's just not... I'm not talking about, like, the deep fucking emotional shit. I'm talking about, like, just a, an attitude of self-sabotage, delaying delaying gratification, right? So there's all these fucking videos on, the, on video uh, on YouTube. If you go and you talk about delayed gratification, delayed gratification, delayed gratification, I get all that, right? They put, like, a cookie in front of a kid, and kid doesn't attack it, and other kids eat it right away, Right. And then they make they make these the, the the reward is in delayed gratification, maybe, or maybe the fucking reward is when you have it you should fucking enjoy it before because you don't know if you're gonna fucking die the next day whatever right it could go either way I'm not taking a side on this, but I, what I do what I do see is that a lot of men coming in inside of our game, uh, you know whether coming in from immense amount of pain or coming in from a pain of boredom, or whatever the source is when they come in is that. The common, most single pattern that I've seen is delayed the gratification. Like this concept of the king eats first, which is, you familiar with that, which is, hey, man, you make money, make sure that you actually come first before everybody else. That concept by itself is, like the majority of the guys coming in, entrepreneurs coming in, and not, like, not having that philosophy, that's all delayed gratification. I'll take home. X amount of dollars when I'll make sure that the business is stable. Or when I'm a dude, the list of excuses go on and on. We all have fucking subscription to that. But same thing goes to that. Like, I'll do this thing from, like, th th what you said was, like, I'll spend time with my kids when I actually can secure the financial security. That was my story. Like, okay, I, when I have financial security, then I will time. And I believed that story for fucking seven years until I got punched in the fucking face by Warrior and say, what the fuck? Think about it, right? We, we are sacrificing time that we can never get back for a fucking story that may or may not happen in the future. Yeah, there's no guarantee of the money. So then you, 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 you come to Worry Week. Talk to me about your experience of Worry Week, what that did for you. Uh, how did that shifted your way of thinking and your entire be sense of being? Uh, the hardest part of Warrior Week initially was detaching myself from my cell phone. Mm-hmm. That was fucking painful. Um, <laughs> I felt like a fucking junkie, you know, and I wanting to be, we'd be doing stuff, um, and I'm thinking about my fucking phone, and that's when literally, like, the first night in Warrior Week when we're freezing our balls off, coming back in the bus, scarfing down this sandwich because, you know, we hadn't eaten yet, and it, it was freezing, um, and, and shit, it was in a great part of the summer, I mean, uh, weather in southern <laughs> california but it was still cold as fuck um but you know it, it was that time where i was sitting there going you know something's really fucking wrong with you if all you're thinking about right now is your phone not not my kids not my wife it was like my phone it could be ringing i could be you know w missing a client call i could be missing something and then i'm like it's fucking two in the morning you know seriously that and but that was literally my thought mm. um so that was like the first like punch in the face of I'm fucked up. Mm. Um, and I got to that point where I got back to the room and they're like, okay, we'll see you like in four hours. And mm. I'm like, four hours, okay. Um, and then I grabbed my, my, my pen and my journal and I wrote about the first evolution right. and whatnot. And I was like, all right, fucking cool. And by the time I had 
hit the pillow, it felt like my alarm just went off. Shit. But then I was like, cool, I'm up. And then day two. And then it was a breakdown and attachment from that to where by the end of Warrior Week and we're in the tent um, and and we're, we're going through uh, the guided meditation with Garrett um, and you're starting to, to not only... Like I didn't. Not only did I not care about my phone, mm. it was like the last thing I wanted to go fucking get mm. was my phone, because mm. I was learning to just be there. Mm. Um, so that was something that became super pivotal for me, not just in in the sense of Warrior Week and the Warrior process, but for for me to to just be in that moment and be able to say, you know what, my wife's got it. Yeah. She's handling the fucking kids. My office, my system, and one thing I always said was, is you know, my firm or my business is only as good as it is without me than it is with me. Because mm. if it's all about me, then we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I knew that the lawyers that I had in place and, and, and the team I had in place, you know, it, w- it was going to be there when I got back. And if I had to fix something, I can fix it. Um, but I just needed to let go because that whole concept of I need to feed me yeah first um if i didn't make it out of this you know i was at that point where it's like now what the fuck is going to happen if i if i can't even do this Mm. if i can't take a few days to work on me and the whole rest of my fucking world collapses because of that then what did i really build (laughs) and so that was troubling as well (laughs) um to come to that thought but then just letting go of that and, Mm. and just being you know, and so what? You know, I finally got to that point. Like, fucking, who cares? So, so, you know, Warrior Week, the process itself, like, uh, trained you on how to be present, but really taking you through some experiences. Yeah, making me realize that a there was some teamwork stuff that I learned a lot about, um, which was helpful. Um, but a lot of it was the alone time on some of the evolutions where I was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just things where I know the coaches probably didn't think I was going to finish that evolution or that event physically, or when we were going to get in the ring, whether or not, you know, people would be able to, to, I guess, survive in there. Yeah. Um, because there's some people that when we got, when you get in the ring, it's, you know, I was excited. You know, I wanted to rip mm. some fucker's head off. Yeah. You know, I don't care if I spent the week with them already. But um, <laughs> it was one of those things where um, it, it really spent more time on really figuring out that inside me there was more than just this lawyer. There was more than just, you know, someone who's got to be the husband and father. But actually, I it was okay for me to be a fucking animal every now and then. You know, and I need to eat. And and if I don't and I cage it, it just nothing worse, I think, you know. So so one chapter was was, you know, bringing you to the condition and the environment you have now in your life, a.k.a. your family, your children, uh, the business that you've built, the clients. So just be present in those moments, uh, which I've witnessed you, you know, exercise over and over with your date nights and, and with your wife. So we'll talk about that. But then there was another chapter as well. What did you what did you 
discovered about the purpose, the purpose of all this. Like, what's the fucking purpose of all the, everything that you built, including the children that you have and the wife that you like? What did you learn about purpose in that week? You know, I, I heard Garrett, his mantra about his purpose about expansion. And, mm. that, and that's how he, that's what he found. For me, it wasn't really the expansion piece. The legacy piece really triggered me. Um, that was, that, that really was helpful. Um, but, you know, deep down, I, I was feeling a different calling um, with respect to, to my, my four boys. Mm. And, you know, nothing against my dad. You know, he did the best he could. Yeah. With, you know, he gave me everything he had. Right. You know, and, and probably more. He probably gave me more at times than, he, than you know, th those beatings were probably for <laughs> I probably earned them. Mm -hmm. um, but they, they were necessary. Um, but it, it was different because he was, I know he was by himself. Um, and and the, the situation with my mom didn't help. So it was one of those things where, you know, I've always heard people say, oh, I, I just don't want to be like my parents. And, mm -hmm. and part of me was like, fuck that. I want to be like my father, you know, and. It was never a knock. It's like, okay, I, I need to be an earner. I need to produce. I need to take care of my family. Um, but it went it went deeper than than that then because I learned from that, and I'm like, okay, that was great. That was great he gave me that. But then I just felt more of a calling inside of me of, of taking the fighter mentality of, of being an immigrant and, and, and teaching that to my kids because, truth be told, they have a fucking silver spoon in their mouth. Yeah. And so I have to rip it out of them. And that's my battle. Yeah. That, that's what I found when I was at Warrior Week is like, I'm sitting here going, I want to give my kids a better life than I had, realizing I had a pretty fucking good life, considering, you know, and comparatively, to, you know, to, to my family in Mexico still or, or whatnot. And it's hard for for me to live that balance, right, as I drive my fancy car or, or do, you know, yeah, yeah. do what I do and still sit there and be like, but I'm still at heart. I'm still this immigrant who is poor, mm. you know, and that's how I still see myself that way. Mm -hmm. So like in that evolution, you know, and we're drawing these things that, you know, in between, you know, that's, that was what I, you know, I, I talked to some of the other guys at Warrior Week and one of them had like a, he drew himself as like a fucking samurai, yeah, you know, and another guy had himself as like, some crazy monster thing and i was like fuck and here i am and i'm i'm drawing this guy that just looks like you know a poor person hmm. you know but that was okay because to me that that was that that's a fighter mm -hmm. um and that's kind of that identity that i always have um so it's it's just that that i feel really ne i feel it i felt it then more to say i just can't let what i keep doing in my cycles to be my kids to learn that my boys especially beautiful um, and so so you move with that into a life you make some changes you make some changes in being present at home with your wife talk to me about the change period what she noticed uh and and uh initially how how much of it she believed and and how how she's a fan of it talk to me through all that process as well as with the kids uh, with the kids, it, it was a lot easier. <laughs> My wife was like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> um, the whole living by the code um, still is difficult because as much as I, you know, 
still a liar. Mm. You know, I'm still going to lie, not not on purpose, but I consciously make efforts not to, knowing that at times when I don't, a collision is going to be there. Um, so she asks, you know, for these feelings, and then when she gets it, it's like, fuck you, get out of the house, you know? <laughs> You need to go take a time out. And so and I tell her, I'm not one of the fucking kids. This is my fucking house. And, you know, we're going to have this talk. Um, but it, at first, uh, she fought date your wife um, yeah, yeah. hard, very hard. Um, she fought the text messages, even though before Warrior, I would message her in the morning. Sure, sure. Um, it, it started when we were dating mm. because I lived away from her. Um, we worked apart. And, and so it wasn't. You know that that time we didn't get a lot of time together, so anytime we could get, it was it was important. Mm -hmm. So those mornings when I didn't get to see her, which was a lot because we were just dating, um, I would message her, and so that kind of kept going. But you know, then I stepped it up. You know, now I'm doing emojis and I'm doing pictures and I'm doing mm -hmm. you know. But and then I did something where, you know, we took the love language quiz, and. Uh, I realize now I do it every six months with her because mm. her shit changes. Hmm. Like mine's the same, right? I'm touch, right? I want to have sex all the time or I want to have, you know, touch yeah. me. That tells me you love me. For her, it, you know, it went from, you know, acts of service to words of affirmation to right now she's on a gift kick, you okay. know, and, okay. and, and, and then we fight about that. And that literally last night was that huge blow up fight. Um, and, and, we went from, and because you mentioned date your wife, because yeah. I, I did it for 52 straight weeks. Shit. Um, and I made it, I made her do it. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and I just said, you know, we're doing this. Um, and then it got to the point where when I do my general's tent on Sunday, towards the end, she'll come in and say, you ready? She'll grab the calendar. We'll go over the week with all the kids, the practices, the schedules for school, doctor's appointments, you name it. Um, and then date night comes up. And so now I'm like, what do you want to do? And so she's been involved in it. Um, it's cool, man. And so she's, she's now if I don't do it or we don't have that time to say, hey, when's date night? She gets really suspect. Like, what the fuck's going on? What's wrong with you? Um, <laughs> we stopped posting mm -hmm. after I hit my 52 straight weeks. Um, we started having, I, let me forget. I started having major problems because people mm. were reaching out to me um, to help them. Okay. And, and I didn't know how to do it. Yeah. Right. I'm like, there's another, you know, guy and wife that I know really well in, in Orange County that I can refer you to that coach and or help married people. Yeah. I am not a marriage counselor. Yeah. But we'd be out to dinner with friends and we never did double dates. So that was another thing. Everyone nice. hated us because we would not double date. I would not. And my wife's like, fuck, why can't we go out? And they're our best friends, you know? And I'm like, because that's not date night. Date night's you and me. You can, you know, we, a lot of times where, um, say the babysitter called sick and we, we, instead of audibling, it's like, cool, we'll put the kids to bed. We got two hours. I'm going to make a cheese tray, open a bottle of wine, and we'll just chill and talk. And like, for me to say that mm -hmm. was like weird for her at first. Um, and I'm like, that counts. And so, we would. She learned that we would redefine the the game to make sure that I that we hit it, um, and then she got used to the posts on like social media and people commenting. 
but it got to the point now where we would go places and other women would say to her and in, or to me in front of her like you know what the fuck you know how can he talk to my husband or can he do this or can can we switch places and and to her it was you know it was fine to me it created a really uh, toxic feeling inside which wasn't expected mm-hmm. and i've been fighting that i've been stacking it a fucking ton lately um which is this concept that as a result of that i began to fall into my pit of expectation so i started to expect more from her well, physically okay. and when she didn't deliver and she could tell and feel my expectation she went further away and so the collision was gonna happen mm. because i didn't stop mm. i still been planning date night I just stopped posting them. Um, and people message me, like, what's up with date night? And I'm like, oh, no, we still went, you know, and we still have it. Um, but no matter what, that's now that's just a part of us. And our kids know. You mm. know, it's cool when our kids are like, Dad, Mom, when's date night? This is my 7-year-old. Like, when's date night this week? Because um, then they know they're going to get Izzy. They're going to get McDonald's or Papa John's or Charo Chicken. <laughs> and they get to watch TV longer or play with their iPads longer. Um, and they don't have to read to us or to her. Um, so <laughs> go on date yeah, night. <laughs> they love date night for that purpose. And then they know when we get home, we kiss them good night. We tuck them in, and, and that's that. But you know, it was it really created, and, and we're working through it right now, which is really tough. Um, because to everyone else, everyone looks at our marriage and is like, "You guys are fucking have to be like." the happiest people we fucking know. And then there's nights where she wants to stab me and I want to stab her. Um, It's just, it, 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 that is probably my largest pit um, I had before warrior. And I still haven't realized how to, to, to stop that cycle where I get, I I get a new plateau and that's what things she always talks about. What she doesn't like about warrior. Um, is we keep leveling up. And as a result of that, when we fall, we fall fucking hard. Mm. Um, and so, you know, when, 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 it, when date night turned to, hey, we're going to fly to Cabo just for dinner um, and, or dinner or, and then, or we're going to go to Hawaii for a couple days mm. and that's date night this week. Um, and those, those little surprises are we're going to fly to Phoenix. Um, and, and it was now overnights. Yeah. Turn, date nights turned into overnights. Right. Um, which she loved at first, and then, you know, and I, I loved, you know, we're in hotels. Um, so for married guys, hotels offer a whole variety of fun. Um, and so you, you, you have that built into the expectation, right? And so when you go and nothing right. happens, you're like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> we just flew down to Cabo, and you're telling me I'm not getting anything, you know, and or, or whatnot. But th- that's been... Um, the, the hardest thing was at first out of Warrior Week, um, she, you know, the, the messaging was fine, um, like post-its. I even, you know, started writing on the mirror with, nice. with pens and, and stuff like that, like changing it up. Yeah. Um, and right now my, my goal this year was to give her 52 cards. So mm. every week I've given her a, a card, mm. um, albeit none of them are what, you know, they're not Hallmark cards. These are different types of cards where um, most of them are kind of funny. <laughs> um, and in the, the, the process of going out 
and selecting a card, more of something that happened with us that week um, that she can relate it to and she realizes why that card was that given to her that week um, shows that, you know, it's important to me enough to, to spend that time. Right. Um, so it's not the fact that she's getting a card because she probably didn't give a fuck. Um, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the year, I'll take them all, give her a nice little book, and, and that's going to be this year, just like the, the 52 posts for Date Your Wife will always be there. Right. Um, and it's important for my kids to see that, but Date Your Wife for the first three to four, five, probably six months into Warrior Week yeah. was a fight. Like, literally, you we're fucking going, and, and you're going. You don't have to talk to me. <laughs> you know, we had those nights where we sat at dinner, and she wouldn't talk to me because mm. I made her go on date night. And then eventually it was like, let's go to a movie then. You don't have to talk to me. Mm. Right? And so it was really breaking her back down into the concept that this wasn't a quick fix, um, that I was actually making a, a change a real change, because, uh, you know, before Warrior, there was times, you know, I fucked up, got hammered, total asshole, you know, she should have divorced me many a times, or or women would be flirtatious with me, and I wasn't as non, you know, I didn't push them off. Right, I, I right, was like, right. I didn't encourage it, but I also didn't say, hey, stop, um, and that became a problem with her. So sure. That, and, and, you know, so now it's like, it's e really easy for me to say, oh, you know, they all know I'm happily married, and even then, they, some women are just women. And yeah, um, but she she realized that after six months of being rejected, mm. and I still kept coming, that I wasn't going to stop. Yeah. So, uh, you know, th this concept of evolution, right? Because you've evolved and evolved and evolved in the past. This concept of evolution comes absolutely with revolutions, like. There is no evolution without revolutions, right? So you, the first level of uh, revolution was the fight for six months, right? You literally went, your worry week happened through six months, right? What what those six months were compared to the, the week that you came in here is uh, non-comparable because you chose to go to war every single fucking week, right? And, and you said, I'm doing this because I want to go to war for you. I want to make this work, like, and I'm, and I'm, decided to do this and changes happened because you led through that evolution you are today four years fast forward you are at a higher level much higher level relationship that completely different than what it was and you're still going through a phase of evolution and and uh and the fight last night the conversation that are happening is all part of that revolution phase and to be weaponized for this revolution is is what's different than would have been the game five six ago, which would have been a random, yeah, randomly walking into it. I would not have had the capacity to hear some of the shit she says now mm. and not lose my mind, um, because before I couldn't accept the fact that what she was saying was even remotely true. Mm. And so now I hear it, and I'm like, yep, I'm an asshole, or yep, that was dumb of me, or boy, I put my foot in my mouth again, um, or, or whatever it is. But the, the uh, I mean, it, the revolution is a great way of talking, you know, or, or describing it, because mm. it's, a, it's a battle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and, and 
at certain points, and she, you know, we were talking about it uh, today. She mentioned it today, even um, was the fact that she, she, we both needed that, or we both need it uh, t- to push us both to that next level. And I wouldn't have had, I, I definitely wouldn't have had the emotional tools whether it be the stack or just journaling, because I didn't journal before. Yeah. Um, to really talk about feelings, even to myself. So mm-hmm. journaling helped me get to that point, and then now talking and communicating with her, and then now even just telling her, these are my needs. Um, it, it's it's crazy, because for there's no way this con- those the conversation I had with her last night would have ended the way it did. Um Back then, well, well, look at what w- I want you to look at the uh, the evolution, right? You go to the eight nights. It's hard to establish that she resists. You you go through that, and you go through some horrible nights that have nothing to do with date nights, but the fact that you believe that this will work, you make that happen. And look at I just want you to look at the evolution. Things work out. Things are working very well. Awesome. Fifty two weeks. You do the posting without knowing that it's going to cause in other sets of revolution inside of you, the posting now creates this expectation from you. You get the recognition from the people on the outside that you're one of few doing this. And with that, in your mind, there is more expectation from her. And, And you started this thing without expectation. Yeah, I and just wanted I, to stay married. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result of it, now expectation came in. But that game of expectation that you talk about is so important because when you start putting that into the equation, it, it just fucks everything up. It just fucks everything up. You get mad. She, she, she gets surprised. Like, this wasn't like this. Now it's about that. And everything that you've done gets dismissed. So Quickly. Quickly, but she's but, easily to say fuck. I don't care about the last few date nights. You know, it's like what? <laughs> well, that was hard last week. Like last year, uh, I've been working my ass. But basically, you you are also aware, right? Your your evolution makes you more aware, and because you're aware, you go into revolutions, which is you're revolting against this thing that's no longer working for you. The posting is no longer working for you because it's changing you. So I stopped. So you stop, and, and even, that's awareness. And even the, and even she goes, well, "Why aren't you posting anymore?" And I'm like. It's not serving you anymore. It doesn't do what I want. I, with all, you know, and I know there's guys out there that love coaching other people and doing those sure. things, you know, and it and Warrior can serve them in that capacity. That's not the capacity I need with Warrior. Right. Um, and, and so the 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 posts I'd get from guys from Warrior or the messages I'd get within the group um, were always helpful uh, because it was more of a, it was a different type of a cheerleader, mm-hmm. right? It was more good fucking shit um, versus, you know, a lot of the stuff from other people outside, like friends from high school or college, you know, the, their their inquiries were different. Mm-hmm. Where the guys from where are like, hey, man, that's badass, or how'd you come up with that idea? Or um, some of them were like, how the fuck did you break her to yeah. finally, you know, yeah, yeah. to do it? It's like a fucking horse, you know? She, but, and now it's like, not only does she expect it, she demands date night. Right. Um, so it's it's one of those things where that evolution and that that causes and it's, it's a constant revolution between her and I. That's why I was saying we, we now level up and it's like date night went from just date night like you hated going with me to you loved going to you want to plan them now right and be involved in it to it's overnights right um, 
and to where we pepper in gifts or we pepper in special things as part of it. And then now it's like, okay, there's that. Where are we going to go next? And right. that's where she and I are sitting here going, this isn't, even date night is like, is that enough? Yeah. So I do my quarterly challenges and those are always so epic that, you know, I, I plan super hard for them. Right. And this year I told her, as a, uh, because of last year, we're doing family. My, my, mm. my quarterly challenges are big family things, mm. um, which I thought she'd be behind. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm thinking, this is the mother of my kids, you know? And the first thing was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what about us? This is right. our time. I'm like, no, we, we go out every week. Mm. I still do dates with the kids every now and then. Um, but this is a really big thing for all of us to go together as a family. And... Uh, yeah, she she don't like it, mm-hmm. you know, and and so now I have to convince her. Yeah, um, I have to reframe it. I have to sell her on the concept that I'm right, um, that our or, family needs it. Or you can do both. Or I can do both, and which would be very hard. I know. Um, that's why you like challenges, but <laughs> and that's the whole concept, right? That's the whole concept of. Relationships are one to one. They're not one to many. And family, yeah, family is one to many. And family has its own relationship with kids, one to many. Relationship kid, uh, with kids, one to one. Relationship with your wife, one to one. Family, one to many. I get it. Right? But that's part of the evolution. You, imagine trying to implement this sophisticated version of Core 4 and as well as uh, Date Night right when you came out of the fucking Warrior Week. Like, it, it wouldn't be possible. So, I look back, and if you didn't have any problems sitting here, then I was asking, what the fuck are you doing here, right? We all have problems. But the quality of problems you're dealing with right now <laughs> way is way different than what you were dealing back in the days. So yeah. talk to me about, talk to me about like your certainty and confidence as a man to solve problems. And the way you think and the tools you use, stacks and business and situation, I mean, your career has always been in solving problems for your clients and arguing about that and demonstrating the facts uh, and standing behind those facts, believing in it in order to 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 have victory. Uh, so what what this the past five years, four years has done for you in terms of self-confidence, certainty, and as well as the, the way just simply the way you solve problems today. So within I'm a lawyer for guys listening, uh, people listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, so y- you, there's two ways um, that you present argument. Um, when the facts are great for you, you argue facts. When the facts are bad for you, you argue law. So in, in the business world, you always had a fallback when the facts suck um, because the law is gray. Okay. And you can manipulate the law. Hmm. You can manipulate cases. You can manipulate code sections. You can, you, you can manipulate that. You can never manipulate the actual facts, mm. right? So, you know, you have a, and I don't do DUIs, but, you know, you have a guy who gets pulled over and he, he has a, a .06, so he's just below the legal limit. And they still give him the, the ticket, right? Mm-hmm. And so the lawyer gets the call. And he says, all right, $2,000 and I'm going to go do your hearing, right? Because 
we now, we know factually you were drinking that mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. Factually, your blood alcohol level was almost to the point of, of being intoxicated, and the police officer has a judgment call mm -hmm. to say you were driving impaired. Mm -hmm. um, but then the law says something entirely different. You weren't at .08. You were doing different things, and all of a sudden you negotiate, oh, he was a wet and reckless, or he was just driving under, you know, d disorderly driving or, or something different, and then you work a deal out. Mm -hmm. um, so my life has changed drastically in, in problem solving because I spend more time now wanting to focus just on the facts. Mm. Because when I have the facts <coughs> down and on my side, it doesn't matter what the law is. It just doesn't, right? They're, they, they're going to try and manipulate it, but I can always go back to the facts. Um, and it's, it's always better to do that um, from a position... It's almost like righteousness, right? Like factually, I'm in in, in a in a superior position. Uh, so if I was in combat, it would be like I'm on top, shooting down, and the guy down there wanting to argue the law because he can't <laughs> he can't win on the facts. He, or he doesn't know yet, but he's already lost. Mm. So if I have the facts in my favor, and then how we get the facts there is different, right? So in law, we use discovery. There's depositions. There's interrogatories. There's all sorts of of tools. Um, for us to set the facts. So one thing w going through this process and warriors helped me really do is, is frame the conversation such that now when I go in, I'm certain mm -hmm. I've won, mm -hmm. right? I flew out to New York recently to argue a case and, and, and it was <laughs> the, the, the judge, the appellate court judge was even asked like, what, why are you out here? Mm -hmm. This is a big company here in New York. Why are they bringing you out from California? Mm -hmm. But afterwards he knew why. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I, you know, I was overprepared, um, probably one of the best oral arguments I'd ever done. Mm -hmm. And but I was I was in facts. Right. I got I got under the skin of the other lawyers so bad. He got up to argue in a rebuttal about me calling him a liar, but I never called him a liar. Mm -hmm. I just pointed out all of his inconsistencies in the mm -hmm. facts. Correct. And the law wasn't the best for me. But because he got so frazzled he called himself a liar he called himself a liar and i literally watch it because I, I it was on tv in new york and they sent me the video and I, i've been watching it and I, it just cracks me up because that was my plan i he, talked he, you typically they do that to a witness but he you did that to a lawyer <laughs> yeah and he's a very good lawyer he's a very good lawyer right um but watching him before it, he exposed his weakness to me mm -hmm. and because he's so sure of his story, um, you know, it, it's one of those um, uh, warrior on fire or one of these uh, things that Garrett talks about and he mentions Hitler's um, quote about you tell a lie so many times and so often and it's so big mm -hmm. that everyone just believes Start believing it, yeah. Yeah. He started to believe this one thing because they said it so many times and no one called them out on it before. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just called them out on it. Literally in open court, brought up the document, showed them the document, gave the judges the document. Docu the, the judges look at it and say, yeah, you're right. It doesn't say what he's been saying. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden he's a liar. So uh, again, that was all about facts. And so when, when I look now at cases or problems clients bring me, um, you know, we always say we, we're, we're always looking at facts. And then from the facts, we develop our theory. I just tend not to leave the facts anymore. Where before I'd be so wanting to get into the lawyering part of it, mm -hmm. 
that I lose the common sense part of it of, you know, if it's true, it's fucking true. And, and it's really easy in business also to get lost in that because of the numbers, mm -hmm. right? Or, or like I'm projecting X amount um, of calls for this dollar ad buy, you know, and, and I'm watching the clicks come through or I'm looking at my Google um, sheet and I'm not seeing it, but I'm seeing something. And so I reinvent in my head that that's okay. Cause next week I'm going to get the money. I'm going to get the clicks, the looks, because I'm just laying the foundation mm. now. So I create a new fact, but it's not true. Beautiful. Um, so it, it's really, it's really one of those things where if I just stick to those, um, and how I look at my problems, including with my wife, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, that, that, that was also the, you know, some of the harder things to get through with work was coming to a realization of, you know, I can deliver Yeah, what I'm saying. Um, and being able to sit, <laughs> I remember, um, probably shit, two months after warrior week, no, about a month after warrior week. Um, I flew out to a national convention for my national fraternity. Mm. and was asked to, to go on a board of directors. Mm. And I was like, fuck yeah, why not, right? Mm -hmm. And I get into the boardroom, and uh, you know I have my, my warrior band on, and I'm wearing my black stuff still. And I have my bag, you know, and I sit down, and I look around the room, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm like 25 years younger than every motherfucker in here. Wow. And I'm brown as hell, right? Because all these guys are from yeah. the South and the East Coast, I'm the only West Coast person on the board. And so I remember texting Garrett from there. Like, this is like surreal. Mm. Because before, I didn't even comprehend this as a possibility that I could be a leader hmm. in, in, outside of my little world of my little law office. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and my clients enjoy it, you know? A and the fact that now when I call them and I say, hey, I fucked up, mm -hmm. their minds explode. Like, what do you mean? I I didn't calendar this right. I don't blame my secretary. Judges, too. Yeah. Right? You say, look, I messed up. And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, I did. I, you, when you start owning those things and yeah. become authentic and you get into that boardroom or you get into that meeting with the client, they know. you know. And, and once you're there. No one does that, man. Everybody's trying to blame somebody. Literally, you know, as, as profane as it may sound, some of the times you you sit there and you're like, I have the biggest dick in this room yeah. because I have no problems like whipping it out. And it could be small, but I don't care. Yeah. To me, yeah. it's the truth. And and that's what you're gonna get. And some of the clients, they love they love it. Others don't like it as they much. They don't like it. They're <laughs> not used to it. That and um a few of my clients happen to be very religious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, these business owners that I represent. Um, some of them are like one's an insurance company that, that basically is run by a Mormon mm -hmm, faith family mm -hmm. and um, they're doing extremely well. Mm -hmm. I mean, they are they, and they do a lot of things that I think are really great in the industry. Mm -hmm. um, but like marketing them wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. I couldn't take them to Morton's and buy wine and, yeah. and things like that. And so that was a little different, but it was really about my product. Yeah. So I shifted my life. That was another thing out of Warrior that in business, yeah. right? Um, you know, he, I remember Garrett's big thing was I'm the authentic entrepreneur. And I was like, fuck, you know, how crazy would it be to be an honest lawyer? Fuck. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, I, I fucked up two years ago on something and I paid, mm -hmm. I didn't fight it. 
I said, I'm, it was my mistake. Um, and you shouldn't, and I'm going to pay it. Mm-hmm. And I just paid it. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it to my insurance. I didn't fight it. I just told them that was my fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was just the point that I was just You like, admitted it. And I, man, I, fuck, I could just tell you, it just, the feeling of. Not hiding. Zero. Powerful man in the room. The most powerful man in the room. Well, you, you Nothing just, to hide. There's not, yeah, you, at that point, it's like, this is what you're going to get. I'm going to do the best I can. And, and, and judges, and judges are so good in a courtroom. Before you, when you enter, they feel your hiding energy. Your physiology, there's so many books on this, man. If somebody actually goes, the, the physiology of people walking in, where their eye is, where their hands are, all that is just already, before even they open the fucking mouth, their energy is already introduced to them that what the fuck is going on. Some of these judges are fucking sharp, man. Yeah. They, I mean, I had a I had a one-on-one conversation when, uh, you know, an older gentleman, a judge, and it was a co- completely, you know, it was it was pretty fucking straightforward conversation. It was like Warrior Week style. I was like, you know, guys coming in, bunch of fucking liars, and you know, and I was just asking him, and he was kind of like talk to me about like some. This was like four years ago. Some of that, the, the 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 tricks, if you want. But dude, I was very surprised that he was sharing that. Man, he could he could already tell. Who's nervous? Who's not nervous? Who's who? Who has something to hide? Isn't that crazy? You can tell who's certain. Yes. Right. They yes. walk in. When I walk in, not a false certainty, man. A true no, one. No, it's like you, you, it's a calmness. Like, and I and I train my lawyers with this with yeah. the concept of, um, because we over prepare, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. That that we we've already gone through when we. Um, when we do our circle or our round table and go over like, okay, this case, you're going to do this. Here's what, here's what they're going to say. What are you going to do? And so we, the role play has already been uh, done. We've gone over our worst case scenario and walked out going, okay, I can take that. Yes. And so using So important. Oh, and if, if people aren't doing that with, with client calls, like (laughs) I do that now, like what's the word, what, what is it when I talk to this adjuster or this insurance company about trying to get their business or when, you know, I go, have a meeting with the people at, at, at the stadium project in downtown LA and, and I walk in there, you know, cause they're looking to me for answers. And if I walk in there and I don't have the answers, I won't walk in there again. These people don't pay to not have certainty hmm. and they bank on it. Um, that's why they're successful. And so I think when people that are at that decision-making level, when you're trying to get someone to sign and mm-hmm, close them, mm-hmm. um, if they know, if they feel that you're certain on what you're going to deliver, mm-hmm. they're they're okay with it. And that's the thing we were talking. About, I don't know a couple of days ago. I was I was people uh, people don't buy because of the fucking value you bring in. People buy your certainty. Like literally, if you if you like, here's the deal, right? If I I come to you and you never bought the services that I'm like, let's say this car, right? I'm selling you a car and, you know, you never bought a car more than $10,000. And here I am selling you a $50,000 car. And you have the money. It's not like you don't have the money. And you're like, you know, I never bought it. Like, no, right? And I keep talking to you about how the fucking stereo can actually fucking, you know, project a hologram of belly dancers and, and you know how you can have a fridge and a, a Dom Perignon in the fucking car I keep talking about these value 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 you're sitting there and although like all this stuff is cool 
but but you, you're already like you're already stopped. Your brain is stopped. I never paid more than ten k for a car. But then I come back and they say, okay, bro, like, hey man, you buy this car for fifty k. Then in thirty days from now, uh, you actually, I actually give you two thousand dollars in addition to you returning the car. So you return the car after thirty days. You can buy whatever you want after, and I give you two thousand dollars for actually having it for thirty days. So at that point, it's like a fucking no-brainer. You sign off because it's contract. You sign off, and you just give me $50,000 for 30 days. Is it not? Yeah. And you give it to me based on what? Based on it was 100% certain that you're going to get the 2000 It was all contracts, right? Yeah. So it's, I'm going to get my two grand. Yeah, I'm going to get two grand, plus I get to drive this car for fucking 30 days. This is not. This is an amazing fucking deal, right? It, it wasn't the value of the fucking stereo and the hologram and all that shit. It was, it was the certainty. You were certain that this is the right decision for you. Because worst case scenario was I bring the car back and I get two grand. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. I get uh, or, to drive it for 30 days. Uh, get to drive for 30 days. And, like, and what do I get? Well, I, I got, got $50,000 out of you instead of ten. So maybe I needed, maybe I needed that 50000 to pay the mob so they don't break my <laughs> leg and then I get the money back. and I'm, Whatever, right? Yeah. There must have been a fucking reason, right? It doesn't matter. That's just business and transaction. But it wasn't value that sold it. Well, it can't be value because value is subjective. You know? Right? Value is totally subjective. I, I, char, I, get what I, I get what I say I'm worth, right? Right. So when I talked to this new client and they said, well, that's $45 more an hour than the average. And I said, well, and that's good. You should stick with the average. Mm -hmm. But I'm certain that I want this amount of money and I'm worth it. Mm -hmm. And they always pay. Right. They don't blink. Nope. As soon as I tell them that, that I'm willing to walk away. Yeah. Right? I had this conversation with UPS. UPS, huge fucking company. Yeah, right? huge. So right after Warrior Week, uh, actually, no, it was um, Warrior Week 32. Mm -hmm. Right? We're doing the, the, yeah, yeah, the, the fucking spring thing <laughs> and, uh, and the sh uh, out there. And, and, you know, it's hot as fuck. You know, I'm taking a cold bath in the in the <laughs> ice bath. And Kevin, Kevin was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. The broken boot. Right? Yeah, so everyone's sitting there. I'm like, fuck. So I'm in there. And, uh, and I'm watching Luca like kill people basically on with that big old <laughs> yeah, yeah. thing. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and, and all I'm thinking about is like, out of all this, what the fuck is going to happen when I go home? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to land a fucking Fortune 50 company. Mm. I'm just going to take it from, I represent a lot of local businesses and I, you know, and, and small little companies and things like that. But now fuck it. I'm going to go. Mm. I, I've always been a pussy about that. Right. I was always like, I wasn't worthy. Mm. They wouldn't want me. Right. And then I put my, I put my, I, I went into the game and I gave myself the timeline and no, no, sure as fuck, wrote it down, it happened. Right. I landed UPS and then I realized it was the worst thing for me ever. Mm. Right. They wanted to devalue, they wanted to micromanage. And it started right away when I had to show them how certain I was about what I was going to get paid. Mm. That was a big fight because they had never paid a lawyer that amount as an hourly rate in, in our industry. And, they said, well, we have these other panel lawyers, and if they find out, we're fucked. Mm -hmm. They're all going to want what you get. Mm -hmm. And my response always is the same thing. It was, then don't tell them. I'm not going to tell them. Mm -hmm. But even if they find out, they still can't deliver what I'll deliver. Mm. So then give me their business. I'll just take their, I'll take their work. And it got to that point where all of a sudden that was happening. I was taking files from other attorneys. Sure. They were having me sub in. And I was delivering the results that I told them I would do. They were seeing that. They were paying me. And then it got to the point where they do what they do to a lot of people. They start slow paying. 
and I just say, look, you want my attention, and you have it. I will continue to deliver. You have to continue to pay. Mm -hmm. So then they didn't. So then I said, you know what? I don't want any more new files. And then they were like, what the fuck? No one's ever done this to us before. Mm. And then I just said, you know what? Take the files I have left. I just don't want to work for you anymore. Mm. And their minds exploded, right? And they still do. I actually, as a, as a favor to someone that I got to be uh, good friends with through, through UPS, um, they called me back to take on a case mm -hmm. that I had worked on and, mm. and won. And they reopened it and did some stuff. And so they, they can you please? And I looked at it. I said, look, this invoice is paid in full. I will do it. Mm -hmm. And I have the one case still left. I'll have trial. I think trial's in April in Beautiful. San Diego. And but it, it was one of those things where you took like, a stand because and, and you know a lot of these um, I don't know. It's not just company. It could be an individual. You know, it's often an individual that thinks behind these process. Oh, entirely. It, it's not a like the company. It's it's the, if you take this process right now. It's an in, it's a one mind individual that actually triggered this. Yes, they have groups and meetings and all that shit, but it's impossible for the entire group to say, "Hey, man, slow paying is not a good strategy." Like somebody in there would say, "Bro, why the fuck would you fuck someone that is actually helping us?" Right. You know, would you would you be here on this fucking board of director if we would slow pay your fucking uh, uh, W two right now? Never. You would you put the same amount of energy? No. no. So, like, why would you do that to the outside? So it's always an individual way of thinking, thinking that if they do that, they can win somewhere else. And it's always relative to a timeline. Would they have to show something? Or we cut this amount of money, or we slow down this process, or I have more. I'm new. I brought in more intelligence and changes. So we made more money on interest on the money you name we it. were paying them. Because it's always one guy, man. Yeah. And that happened. They changed the person that I was working with. Right. Hired, and the new guy comes in. And, and those changes yeah. happen. But it really went back to um, the certainty I have in my value yes. is the only value I care about. They couldn't attack it. No. And so. But they did attempt. Value in and of itself on a transaction <laughs> is subjective. What, total. And so, if you're, but if you're certain about what your value is, then, then deals either happen or they don't. They don't. And the ones that don't happen, you let it go. Your certainty remains. You know, and I sleep better. Yeah. You know, and I don't I don't have assholes for I mean, I do have assholes for clients. Yeah, um, everybody has, right? <laughs> but uh the the level of of what they you know, and ironically, the more I get paid, the more they listen. Mm -hmm. Right? The the higher I say I'm worth, um th that I'm certain I'm worth for them, the more they'll pay attention to when I tell them, "Hey, we need to do A B and C." Right. Um and well, so that that comes with integrity, right? When you have an individual that is high integrity, and says, like, uh, there was this personal trainer that was uh, uh, training my wife, right? And, and he's like, uh, you know, listen, it's 100 bucks an hour. And uh, if you want to buy 10 packages uh, or not, it, it, for me, it's still going to be 100 bucks an hour. And he said the most beautiful thing. He goes, because in that hour, I give it all I have. I, I give everything that I have in that hour. I know what I'm giving. And so that's, that's worth 100 bucks. Whether you buy 10 of those or not, it doesn't make me like giving less. And I know a lot of people do that. This is a person that is not rich and is not sitting on hundreds of clients. So he's not talking about a place of, man, I care or not care. Cares about the business, right. right? But also cares more about his certainty and what he delivers in those hours. And so that, that's exactly what you said. And that is well said. Because these packages, these way of, of discounting and ways of getting people to sign, it, it's for, I mean. I deal with it with like Jeff 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. The CEO of Lawyer. Yeah. He'll send me a fucking email, and 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 <laughs> you know, and I and I, I try not to laugh, right? Because I I have this, I have this conception and image of the guys that you know go to the conferences that have gone through Warrior Week, that that have shared pits, um, that post yeah. in, in 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 the in the um, threads. You know that 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 are going through shit. Yeah, and it's it's real. Um, and, and then to to have these emails that come in, and I and I look at it, and then Jeff writes this. He wrote one really nicely to this one guy, and I, so I emailed Jeff, and I'm like, seriously, what the fuck's wrong with you? Mm. You know what I mean? Let, read that again. Let, let's let's work through this, Jeff. You know, and and it's because like you and but I and I have to deal with that with my my lawyers that yeah. work for me. Yeah, they come from this out of out of nowhere. In the pit that I am in now, as I sit, I mean, literally, the pit I'm in right now, there is no self-pity. Mm. And I, I don't, you know, I think that really devalues people. So when I look at a guy and I'm going to go to battle with him, mm-hmm. right, and he's on the other side of me, and I can just, you could just see it, right? And, and he's just waiting for you to just execute them. Mm. And... and that you know and, and it, there's really no um honor in it for me at times because i don't feel like it was a, a battle at all mm-hmm. um but I- I- in the sense of this victim concept mm-hmm. and, and i and i saw that even in some of the warrior week people um and guys that i still communicate with and, and they still have this victim badge um that they you know and i probably occasionally will have it but it's it's hard to I, I think that's one of those things that I see a lot of guys dealing with in their pit of, of that victim thing. And I, I you know I can't relate um, because to me it's just too it's it's too big of a sign of weakness. Um, and and as the type of problem solver and person I am, you know I, I expose it. This uh, is a very good topic you're talking about. And it, this gets me on fire because there are a bunch of fucking guys that are carrying the victim badge from the past experiences of Warrior. And, and you see them as, as the lawyer for Warrior. You see them coming in with their fucking requests that don't make any fucking sense. And with their self-pity fucking party that it's going on right now. And some of these guys are listening to this fucking message right now. And let this be, let this be a fucking warning. Let this be a warning to you and what you opted in for. You stood up. And you took that fucking knife from my hand, from Coach Garrett's hand, and you said you're going to live by the coat. And, and, and you went back to folding, being playing it small, and being a liar and playing a fucking victim. And it wasn't just recently that I came across this, but there was, I came across this thing like, um, like in prison, when you walk into a prison, you're either a fucking warrior or a victim. There, there is nothing in between. There, nothing in between can exist in that place. And when you choose, when you choose to be a victim, you remain a victim for a very long time until you fucking die. And when you choose to become a warrior, you're going to do certain things that are untraditional for that environment. And so when a man comes into warrior, he's, he has to choose whether he wants to be a warrior or a fucking victim. You can't be a temporary warrior. No, <laughs> you, it, it's no not a, it, warriors. No, no, we can. <laughs> it's not a week that's gonna make you a fucking warrior. And unfortunately, a lot of victims came in, and they claimed that they're warrior for a week, only to go back and continue carrying a label that is not true. Because I know every single of those guys, it's not true. 
but it's it's label that they choose to put on themselves. Yeah, there's it's easy for me because there was um, we had one of the last um, training sessions at the ranch, right? And yeah, there was that one session where Garrett was losing his mind over the fucking pole, right, in the room, right, right, and. <laughs> And he swore we're never coming back here, you know, unless they get rid of that fucking pole. Um, but he called me. He he attacked me, mm-hmm. right? And I remember Jeff talking to me afterwards, and 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 some of the other guys were like, "Dude, are you fucking you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, that I came in. If you come, you should know coming in. If you if if people are watching that, and I've never seen one one of your podcasts yet, um, if they're watching because you're on the fence. You just got to know what you're coming into, mm. but you got to accept it and say, but this is what I wanted, right? I want, I need a Garrett. Garrett wanted to call me Disneyland dad, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. he had this whole thing on Disneyland dad, and I know he was waiting to hit me with it because it was just too perfect, right? Um, you know, I live down the street from Disneyland. I fucking have annual passes. <laughs> I'm a frugal motherfucker, and, and if I have a pass... And we go for free on Wednesday. We're going on Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, and my kids think I'm still the greatest dad ever. So before Warrior, that was like my thing. So we had Disneyland dad and, and, and he, he went with it. And, and you know, w- was I upset? No, because it was true, mm-hmm. right? Pre-Warrior, pre-Warrior week, I'd probably have been like, fuck you, man, mm-hmm. right? I'm getting the fuck out of here. I don't deserve this shit. And fuck you, I'm not paying for you to do this to me. Mm-hmm. And now afterwards, I'm like, fuck, thank God, right? And so you can either take these if, if if you are attacked at Warrior Week or at th- through the process of Warrior afterwards, even by other brothers, which happens to me all the time, um, it, what you're not getting is the gift that comes from that and, and realizing that, fuck, you can take it, right? You are more resilient than you fucking give yourself credit. Don't be a pussy and just say, okay, is it true? Did I take my kids to Disneyland every chance I could? Yeah, probably true. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. It was selfish. Um, is it? Was it best for my kids? I don't know. They they seem to like it. You know. Um, do I do it now? No. Now I, I like to to save that as more of a, a once or twice a year we go big and we have a great time, um, or when when they have like stuff for school. Mm. You know, and and so it's more of a a better event for them. It's a better experience, and it's not me being selfish, but. You know, to have guys complain because they went to Warrior Week and they got called out on their bullshit or they got challenged. Um, like during my Warrior Week, someone had a, an issue with the religion piece. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and you know I, I'm, I am a fairly religious person. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have pretty strong beliefs in my faith. Do I push them on anyone? No. Do I care if people try and push them on me, theirs? No, I don't care. Why? Because I'm certain. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with my, my God. Um, you have your God. God bless you with that. But you know, for some people, it's too big of an issue for right. them. Um, because it's like that. You know, I, I just bought my, my daughter. Mm. I don't know if you ever got one of those. Those weighted blankets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I got her this weighted blanket. Fuck yeah, it's working. So that's working, right? My wife's excited because she's sleeping a little better through the night. And I'm sitting here going, God, it's this weighted blanket thing. And and that's what I'm thinking, like, in my head when I was seeing her go through that. And yeah. I'm like, how many people, like, it was really one of the lawyers that I stacked two weeks ago. He has a weighted blanket in my office. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, that's his fucking weighted blanket. And, and it was like this epiphany moment. Um, but it, it, it's one of those things that with, with guys that come through the program, right? It's like anything else. If you work it, it's going to work. 
Um, but to come in here and play victim, this is definitely, definitely not the place <laughs> for that because you'll you'll get eaten up by yourself. Not yeah. not Garrett, not you, not any of the other brothers. You will end up putting yourself in this mental and emotional prison because you just realize you cannot come to terms with the truth and the facts of your life. And then you go back being a fucking liar, manipulating the gray zone, the law. Trying to get there. The law of life. Because you're facts. I was right. Yeah. I was this. So you become Boom, the guy at the bottom going against the guys that are shooting at the top. Yeah. So, um, all right, as we wrap this up, right, as we wrap this up and put it all together, uh, if there's a guy sitting right now, right, very similar to your situation, why you came to Warrior, some of the changes you made, what you're going through right now, and if, uh, and if, 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 you know, if your, your, your work right now would be to type in a letter with all your skills and arguments and everything else that is short as one paragraph, and you would fold it in a, in a plane format, in a paper plane, and just throw it, and as you throw it, this paper will like just land on this man's heart, right? What would that letter contain a message? What would be a message that you would have for a man that's listening to this right now? You're not broken. You have to tell the truth. If to anyone else, just yourself. Of what you really want. And you have to get clear on what is important enough for you to let everything else go. Beautiful. And if, uh, and if this message resonates with you and it resonates with someone that you may know, an important man in your life, um, you know what to do. This, this podcast was never designed to be popular. In fact, it won't ever be popular. But what, what it will be, it will be a weapon um, inside of a dark world where the truth of men told inside of this podcast will become arrows and they will purse another man's heart for an awakening and the light that could be showered upon them. So if you actually know someone in your life, uh, an important man in your life, brother, cousin, friend, someone that you know that could benefit from this conversation, from some of the stuff that resonated in stuff, it becomes a duty of yours to simply pay it forward and transfer this. That's all we ask. We don't ask you to like the podcast. We don't ask you to fucking comment it. We don't ask you to call Apple and say this should be the number one podcast in the world. Uh, they already know it. <clears throat> so because we're certain, just simply forward the message to this person and ask him to listen. And uh, and you may just have an impact on this person. I want to thank my guest, Daniel Husky, for being on, on the show. An amazing fucking podcast. A lot uh, learned a lot about biggest takeaway. You are your own revolution inside of your evolution. And uh, I want to thank every single person on the on the podcast listening to this. Gentlemen, take yourself take care of yourself and others. And until next time.